This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Your Money on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here is Professor Ken Smetters. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Your Money here in Sirius XM's Business Radio, Channel 132. That's powered by the Wharton School. I'm Ken Smithers, a professor here in the Philadelphia campus, and we are live every Tuesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern. purpose of the show, however, has remained the same. is simply helping make better decisions with your money. But don't wait for the second hour to give me a call. Give me a call. They'll, they answer questions about anything about your money during this first hour here at one 844 Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. And you can also follow me on my website called kentamoney.com. So today I'm joined by two great guests. So first will be Sandra Block, who is a senior editor at Kiplinger's Personal Finance. And we're going to be talking about her recent column, excellent piece about uh, 10 tax breaks for the middle class. These are often tax breaks you're maybe not aware of, and you should definitely be uh, aware of these things. So if you believe that tax ba- breaks are only for the ultra-wealthy, we'll set you straight here with some uh, interesting tax ideas. With that, let me use my first guest, Sandra Block, who's the senior editor of Kiplinger's Personal Finance in Washington, D.C. She joined them in uh, 2012 and was a personal finance columnist for more than 15 years, including with the Akron Beacon Journal. I have to say that from Ohio. My sister worked at the Akron Beacon Journal many years ago. Welcome back to the show, Sandra. Thanks for having me. And uh, 10 tax breaks for the middle class. And so let's talk first about retirement. Now, we talk often about the show, hey, you can make an IRA contribution, get a claim a tax deduction. Sometimes we talk about this non-deductible IRA contribution. Uh, explain those rules. Who can take the tax deductions? Who can't when it comes to IRAs? Well, when it comes to IRAs, and this is important to be talking about now because this is one of the few ways that you may actually be able to cut your taxes for 2018 right. before you file your tax return, and that's not, there are not too many other opportunities to do that. But um, if you uh, are working and you don't have, or you're not covered by a retirement plan, it's your job, you can, contri- you can deduct contributions to an IRA. Um, for 2018, you can contribute up to $5,500 or $6,500 if you're 50 or over by the end of the year. Um, and even if you are working and covered by a retirement plan, depending on your income, again, this gets back to the middle class part, right. you still may be able to deduct at least part, all of part of your contribution, depending on your income. And in 2018, that's between 63000 and 73000 on a single return, or 101000 and 121000 if you're married and file jointly, and that goes up for 2019. But so, um, you know, being able to contribute, to deduct your contributions to um, a an IRA is a way to cut your taxes, and yeah. you can do it up until April 15th. So yeah, and that's definitely something to think about. And you mentioned married. In particular, if you're working for your spouse, you don't have, you're not working your, uh, yourself, but you're married to someone who is. Explain that. Yeah, the spousal um, IRA is yeah. a really valuable tool that a lot of people don't know about. So say you're a stay-at-home spouse and your, other, and your spouse is working. Even if your spouse is covered by a retirement plan, the non-working spouse can make a deductible IRA contribution um, of up to 5500 or 6500 if they're 50 or over, um, as long as the other spouse has sufficient earned income to cover both contributions. And this phases out, but it phases out at a pretty high level. Yeah. The, um, the tax deduction phases out if 
uh, your joint income is between 189,000 and 199,000. So even if the working spouse is, you know, doing pretty well, the non-working spouse can make a deductible contribution. And I think this is really important because one of the things that you give up when you don't work is retirement security. Yeah. And the way our system works is your retirement plan belongs to you. So I think it's really important for um, people who are caregivers or whatever and aren't working to come up with some way to have their own retirement plan. Yeah. You know, the divorce rate's pretty high, um, and, and you get a tax break for doing this too. You get a tax break, and you know, like you said, it's very portable. These are defined contribution accounts, not like the old pension plans where you have to stick around with an employer. I'm speaking with Senator Block, again, Senior Editor at Kiplinger's Personal Finance. I got a question about your own finances. Happy to take your question uh, here at one eight four four Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Let's talk about the Savers Tax Credit. Uh, explain that. A lot of people don't know about that. No, they don't. This has been around for a while, and yeah. it's not very well used. And it's unfortunate because it. I think it could be really valuable for young people starting out who think that they don't have enough money to put aside for retirement, even if they get a 401k match, a lot of young people, or maybe they don't have a 401k. Yeah. So if you're single and your 2018 adjusted gross income was 31500 or less, or you're married and your AGI is 63000 or less, you, can, um, you're, you qualify for the savers tax credit. And, um, and this is also a real benefit for part-time workers who fall within this income limit. So you get a tax credit of up of 10%, 20%, or 50% of the amount that you put in up to a maximum of 2000 or 4000 for joint filers. And the lower your income, the higher percentage you get back for the credit. So you're basically, you know, with, with, when you take the credit into account, you're getting a really nice subsidy. Yeah, and it's a, it's a credit, not a deduction. So you actually right, get the, the credit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and the credit is a, you know, nice thing to have. So um, I think, like I said, this is underused because I think the population that it's aimed at it just doesn't save. No. But um, once you take the credit into account, the actual amount this is going to cost you is a lot less. Yeah, and, we don't get a know, lot of questions like- and the show about it. It just reminds me, I, I actually forget myself, and I know all these rules typically inside it out. Is this a refundable credit, or is it non You know, I'm looking to see that it is. I want to say that it's not Yeah, that's what uh, I thought, too. Refundable. Yeah. I don't think it's refundable because it doesn't yeah. think that it is. Because I imagine but, a lot of people um, are going to fall below, you know, they're going to be standard deduction or in many cases not paying taxes, but this is going to, I wonder if that's one reason why it's not as popular as simply because, you know, a lot of people who get hit with it, maybe don't have a big tax bill to begin with, but. Yeah, uh, that, that may be the case. Yeah. I, I think that's a good point. Yeah. But um, I mean, if you're making, if you're married and making 64000 um, I think you're still yeah, that's true. Back. That's true. You're right at that at that margin. Absolutely. So uh, you also talk about getting paid for working more. You know, the earned income tax credit, of course, is a lot more common and uh, commonly known and used and read in the tax form. You know, explain the EITC a bit. The EITC and this one is refundable. Yeah. And basically, it's a system um, that's been around for quite a while. That's to you know basically alleviate the tax burden on on pe- you know people low income people who are working because yeah. a lot of times these folks you know maybe they don't pay any taxes but when you take out social security and Medicare it does hit them pretty hard yeah. so it's uh, you know the the amount that you get it's as I said it's a credit it ranges from as low as five hundred and nineteen and I think that's probably if you're a single person sure. to up to six thousand four hundred and thirty one dollars depending on how many kids you have yeah. so the more kids you have you know if you have up to three kids you um, you know you qualify for a larger credit yeah. um, and the income limits if you have no kids in 2018 
your AGI had to be less than 15,270 if you're single or 20,950 if you're married filing jointly. But once you have kids, the uh, income limits, you know, go up as high as, you know, $54,884. It's going to be even higher in 2019. That is not an, an unreasonable, you know, that we're not talking about, I mean, that could be a, you know, working couple or a couple where one is working and one is home. So um, this is, again, this is yeah. refundable. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's very actually valuable. yeah, and it's 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 inter- interesting. The EITC, you know, is one of those programs that over the years has had bipartisan support. Even Milton Friedman, the great conservative, liked the EITC and the properties because uh, it, it basically is you know rewarding people for working. And like you said, it's refundable. And in fact, if it weren't refundable, only about fifty percent of households would actually have to file tax forms, but about seventy five percent file because of the EITC to get. The, the actual uh, uh, subsidy. In fact, in many cases, you can even get that mo- amount of money distributed throughout the, throughout the work year. So let's talk about the new child t- tax credit. Obviously, it's been around for a while, but the uh, the, the limits of it were changed with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Senator Rubio behind that. Uh, talk about that. Yeah, this is a really big change for 2018 that yeah. I think is going to have uh, an impact. It it uh, in the in the tax overhaul. Uh, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act eliminated personal exemptions, yeah. um, but it replaced that with a greatly expanded child tax credit. Right. Two thousand um, bucks. So Two thousand bucks, and I think what's even more—and again, that's a credit. This is dollar for dollar. Yeah. But to, I think what's even more significant is how high the income thresholds are now. Um, they used to, you know, this used to be something that you had to be, you know, a middle class. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's not that case anymore. Um, it disappears. You ha- can have income up to 400000 on joint returns or 200000 on single or head of household returns and still qualify for this credit. Yeah, so and it's not a one-time thing. Valuable. You're getting this every every year. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very valuable uh, credit. And yeah, during the, the whole scoring debate of the, uh, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, it is credit because it, it, it wasn't just focused on low income. It certainly had a pretty big cost uh, uh, to, uh, to it. Um, and so let's also talk about child's care. This is the one thing that's not well understood, you know, uh, how, you know, uh, uh, we often think of it as just, uh, paying a, 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 some type of licensed professional to take care, care of our kids. Talk about some of the, um, you know, things that are available, tax credits in that area and other ways that maybe people can reduce their expenses. Yeah, um, there's a there you can you might qualify for a tax credit that will reduce. You know, there's been some really interesting stories lately about how people are not having kids because they do the math and they say it costs more to get childcare now than it costs sure. to get to college. Sure. And I don't think this is going to you know help offset that much, but it certainly mm. helps. Um, you the child the uh, the tax credit um, affects people who have kids who are younger than 13. And you're eligible for a 20 to 30 percent credit for up to three thousand dollars in childcare expenses for one child, or six thousand for two or more. Now again, that's a credit, so that's a dollar for dollar reduction in yeah. your um, tax bill. And the eligible expenses include, you know, hiring a nanny, preschool, before after school care, and even summer day camp. Um, so it's it's not, it's, it's, I don't think it's a solution 
to the problem of rising, but you know, if you're eligible for it, you should certainly call. Yeah, you. it's always a, you know, it's certainly an interesting question why we don't have more daycare centers, given how much money is is in this space. Why the way you don't see an increase in supply, especially with technology allowing parents to monitor, you know, how their kids are being treated and so forth at daycare these days. You'd think that expand. Let's also talk about other defendants, the elderly parent. I mean, uh, these are no longer kids, of course. Uh, talk about some uh, credits there. Well, once you and this is something that also changed under the um, tax overhaul. Mm-hmm. If you claim someone other than a child, you can get a tax credit of up to five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you you know qualify to claim an elderly parent as um, as a dependent, and there are certain rules for doing that, um, or you have children over seventeen that are still dependent on you, um, you don't get as generous a tax credit, but you do get get a five hundred dollar tax credit, and that's not bad. Yeah. Uh, also, zero tax and capital gains for some low-income people. Not that they have a ton of money in uh, that applies to that, but still, it's nice to know. Uh, talk about the American Opportunity Credit um, as well. Yeah, the American Opportunity Credit is, you know, it survived the tax overhaul and is one of the many tax breaks that you don't have to itemize to claim. And I think this yeah. is really important to know because so few people are going to be itemizing. This is not, you don't have to itemize to claim this. If you had have a kid in college or kids in college, this tax credit is worth up to $2,500 of, $2, of college tuition and related expenses. So if you spend at least that much, and who doesn't, if you have a kid in school, you know, you, you can qualify for this tax credit. And it's available um, for, you know, individuals with modified gross incomes of 80000 or less if they're single, right. or 160000 So, you know, pretty broad here. Um, and it covers all four years of undergraduate school. And if you have two kids, you can claim it twice. So yeah. I always tell people, you know, save your receipts. Don't overlook this credit. It's very valuable. And yeah, and it's, so you know, a lot of times so. people say my income's higher than that. They don't realize it's actually AGI, adjusted gross income, that is uh, and often that is with everything else no longer state and local that's <laughs> kept a lot more um, at ten thousand dollars but often lots of other expenses charitable and so forth that will bring down the AGI uh, and then finally um, let's talk about uh, lifetime learning credits and other education breaks uh, for the for the middle class yeah this one is sort of broader I mean I think yeah. if you have kids in undergraduate school you're just going to go for the American opportunity tax sure. credit. But the uh, lifetime learning credit is useful for people who are in graduate school. Um, it, and again, it's a credit. It's 20% up to 10000 of qualified expenses. So basically, you could get back up to a credit of up to $2,000 yeah. a year. The thresholds are similar to the American Opportunity Credit. Um, and as I said, the main thing, I think the main use for this one is for the non traditional student because you don't have to be um, in, you know, a, a, or in undergraduate school. A lot of people, if you yourself are going back to school, you could claim this. Yeah, fantastic. Sandra, fantastic job. Once again, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Oh, you bet. Anytime. And you can find out more about Sandra Block uh, by going to the Kiplinger.com website. Again, Kiplinger.com. And you're listening to Your Money, Ken Smith's Business Radio here at Sirius XM 132. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.